This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Hump day? Gotta love it. Uh, We wrapped up our morning show momentarily just a little while ago. uh, And somebody sent in a text because we mentioned in the podcast, here we are, we're going to talk about the debates a little bit from last night. Yes. And Amanda said... Amanda said, I cannot wait to listen to your podcast about the debate. I watched it. It was brutal. Uh, And I love listening to the podcast. So thank you so much. It was also our one-year anniversary on our radio morning show, on our new show, on our new home at 91.5 The Beat. Yeah, it was uh, September 30th, 2019 that we left our Toronto station, Z103, and came to 91.5 The Beat in Kitchener. And to this day, it's such a mixed bag. Some people will come up and say, oh, God, uh, we miss you in Toronto. You guys got to come back. And some people will come up and say, why would you leave Toronto to go to a smaller market? And and just everywhere. And then there's some people who are just grateful that we're here and we can super serve this particular region, mm-hmm. which, by the way, for the Toronto listeners, this is a huge area. Waterloo region is a big, big, big area. Yeah. And it's a very competitive radio market, one of the biggest in the country. And I'm glad to be on in Kitchener. I really am. I like it here at 91.5. Great company, Chorus Entertainment, Global TV. They really treat us well. And this is just the beginning. There's a lot of cool stuff on the way. Yeah, I'm so, I'm, I echo all of your statements 100%. I, I started in Kitchener and I, I live in the area. Having a 10-minute commute has been fabulous. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but aside from that, just being in the community and everyone's, you know what? Like we, we did have a couple of people maybe here and there sprinkled in when we started a year ago that were unsure or like, ah, you know, when you take over a morning show, sometimes it's hard because people don't like that change. It's true. But so people many of them. change. Yeah, people do. They, they tend to. For such people, a. Sorry, I was just going to say, for such a liberal country, we oppose change at every single turn. Well, and the problem when you do when you do something like this so publicly, because people change jobs all the time and take over other people's jobs. It happens all the time in any workplace, in any office, everywhere. But when you do it publicly, the way that we do it, um, the way that it is in radio and on TV, when you see someone new come in, you automatically want to, I think some people automatically want to assume the worst. They want to assume that we... We're like, yeah, we're taking over that job and that's what we're doing. When in all reality, no. I mean, we were friends and continue to be friends, I should say, with the people who who, used to be on the morning show. Um, We were approached. We did not approach the company um, to come. And that's kind of business. Like, it does suck because I understand that people want to get all personal, but, but it's business at the end of the day. And it sucks sometimes for people who don't understand that. But... That that was the only part that was really hard for me when we started up a year ago, to be honest, was the people who were like, oh, so you took this person's job. I'm like, why do you why do you think of it that way? Mm-hmm. That's not even true. A and B, we were approached to do this 
And, you know, for us, it mattered what happened. And, and, and I won't go into detail, of course, but we knew that everything was going to be okay for those people. Um, anyway, whatever. All of that aside, we are super happy to be in KW. And obviously, oh, man, we had so much shit planned. Like, the, I'm so upset with the fact that obviously COVID came and fucked everybody over. But we had so many cool things planned. And now it's like, it's so weird that Oktoberfest, like the biggest thing that happens in this region every year that we work in isn't even happening. And we, uh, sorry, it's happening virtually. Uh, But it's just whoop-dee-woo. But we can't do all those things that we wanted to do. I love being out and and meeting listeners. That's one of my favorite things to do and partying with you guys and, you know, going to the, the different sports games around town or the concerts. And anyway, all of that shit got scrapped through the summer. It will continue to get scrapped all the way through to Christmas and probably until like summer of next year. Let's be quite honest, I think. Yeah, totally. So anyway, that part sucks. That part sucks. But the fact that we can still do our thing, be on the radio and connect with people and do our podcast and our podcast has been on for, by the way, like two and a half years now, which is nuts. So anyway, the fact that we're still be able to do all that and still connect with people, I love it. All right. Okay. Happy one year anniversary. So let's talk about let's talk about the debate because I know you and I know you watched the entire debate last night. And some people who will go hmm and ha about it because it's not in Canada. Whatever does happen there does affect us. It and sure does. If you don't if you don't understand that, that surprises me. But anyway, that aside, I. I didn't watch the full debate. I tuned in for a little bit. I think in total I watched like six to ten minutes. And I couldn't I couldn't bear to anymore. There was talking over one another. It was like watching The View, basically, where they're just like talking over one another, arguing about shit, telling each other to shut up, uh, telling each other. Like, it was just too much for me where I was like, you know what? I'll get the highlights from Scott. So I'd love to, in an uns- in a completely uncensored, as we do in After 9, get your opinion on the debate last night. Okay. It's funny. People were tweeting me first thing this morning. Tell me what time you're going to talk about the debate. I got to hear your take. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Tell me what time. I didn't even do it on the radio show today because to be honest with you, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I want to say how I feel. If I've even really fully formed an opinion on last night, I will say this first and foremost, there's a lot of people shitting on Chris Wallace, the moderator of the debate people saying oh my god he attacked trump and and he was totally in biden's corner and then there's other people who feel like he empowered trump to go after biden chris wallace is one of the most respected journalists and reporters in news reporting he is a guy that actually has a lot of integrity and if you go back and watch some of the sit-down interviews that chris wallace has done with donald trump He's one of the few people who treated Trump fairly. He went after him and questioned him and made him answer questions, and he didn't give him a pass on certain things. Uh, Some reporters will either give him a pass or they'll help him along or they'll just totally attack him. Chris Wallace is a fair journalist, and I don't know what Chris could have done to prepare for last night. I think Trump went in there with a strategy, and that strategy Paid off big time. But Chris Wallace didn't know what the strategy was. He didn't know that Trump was going to come out there with the whole plan of dropping a stick of dynamite in the middle of the stage and blowing it up. And that's exactly what Donald Trump did. His goal was to make sure that Joe Biden didn't get a word in. And some people are very critical of Trump 
They're saying you should have let Biden talk because he would have fumbled and stumbled all over his words and contradicted himself and he would have been an incoherent mess. And let's be perfectly honest. He's 77 years old. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden is not this crisp, sharp, dynamic, fast on his feet, young, modern, progressive Obama type thinking presidential wannabe. He's not. This guy is going to have a hard time every single day in the Oval Office if he gets elected. Now, Donald Trump, let's be fair there. He's 73. Never in a million years did I expect that Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election would be the spring chicken. Never did I expect Donald Trump would be the young one in the election race of 2020. Mm -hmm. But here we are. One of the things that really struck me last night watching these two super old men argue with each other and yell at each other and call each other names because it did go both ways. It really did. Democrats don't want to acknowledge Joe Biden was fucking rude last night. And Republicans don't want to acknowledge Donald Trump was way out of line last night. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to admit that, that the other or that their side was bad. So I will say that watching those two guys argue like that last night was bad for America because there's a lot at stake here. There is the future of the Supreme Court. And and you know what? Trump is probably going to get his way. He's going to get his pick for the Supreme Court in. That'll mean that in four years, he's appointed three Supreme Court justices. That stacks the deck in favor of the right. Joe Biden didn't deny that he might just change the Supreme Court altogether, put more justices on it so that it's stacked back in his favor. He's going to he's not going to change the game. He's going to change the rules completely. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Let, vote now. Are you pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, the radical question, left. Will you shut who is up, on, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so list? Right. Gentlemen, this is, I think this we've is ended so this. Unprecedented. We have ended, no, no. Not give a list. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a pr- productive segment, wasn't it? <laughs> Keep yapping, man. The people understand, Joe. <laughs> they sure 47 do. years, you've Joe, done nothing. They understand. Oh, okay. All right. He didn't even deny that last night. So, I mean, Americans deserve to hear where these people stand on various issues. And in the end, all they got was a lot of fighting. I mean, Trump mocking Joe Biden for wearing a mask. I'm sure that played really well to his base. It wasn't necessary. Okay. And Trump uh, going after Biden about a whole bunch of other things. He didn't need to do that. But I get the strategy. He was trying to get under his skin. He really wanted to get Joe off his game and get them all fired up. He also wanted attention. Donald Trump, first and foremost, is a TV personality. He wanted to get people talking. He wanted to make this episode one of a three-part miniseries that you can't not watch. I can't believe how many people were watching, too, um, and just seeing the reaction. And, And it was all the same. And I think it doesn't matter if you're a huge Trump supporter or a huge Biden supporter, whatever. Everybody had the same reaction of like, holy shit. Like, yep. what is going on? Yeah. 
What, it are was, saying, uh, like, what are people saying about who won? Okay, so everybody's going to claim victory. Everybody's going to claim victory. Biden thinks he won that debate because Trump was so rude. Trump thinks he won because Biden didn't actually say anything. And he did at times look like a bumbling idiot. He couldn't remember his points and he was kind of all over the place. There's a lot of people who think Trump should have just let him fry himself. In the end, Trump screwed up. Listen, there's about uh, whether the polls indicated or not. We all know the polls are wrong because there's a lot of people who won't tell a stranger they support Donald Trump. They won't admit it because it's an unpopular opinion and they don't want to deal with the fallout or they just don't want to acknowledge it themselves. There's a lot of people who hate Donald Trump but think that Joe Biden is a terrible alternative. They don't think he's up for the job. There's a lot of people who do not like Donald Trump but do like that he creates jobs and they're going to vote for him. So I'm going to say about 45 percent of America is going to vote for Trump. About 45% of America is going to vote for Joe Biden. They're really fighting over 10%. And 10% is going to decide the election. Wow. I don't know how you could be undecided at this point. I think you know everything you need to know about these two. But Trump last night, when he was so aggressive, so fired up, I think he did himself a disservice because I think that turned off a lot of people that don't really pay attention to politics, but they've got the exact same amount of votes as the people who do pay attention to politics. I think he turned them off. But I also think Joe Biden shouldn't have gone down into the mud and played that game. It's playing really well right now. I think Democrats are are kind of excited about the fact that Joe Biden was like, oh, shut up, man. Right. It really wasn't that good. I mean, that'll be the viral moment from the debate for a lot of people, but it didn't play as well as they think it's going to play because the reason that came up is because Trump was trying to get Joe Biden to answer a question. Do you support law and order or are you totally okay with all these riots and people protesting and looting businesses and setting shit on fire and attacking police officers? Biden said right before he said, oh, come on, shut up, man. He said, no, I'm not going to answer the question. That was the preamble. So if you just see the clip of him saying, oh, shut up, man, which is they've cut it down already. Right. It's of all over they Twitter. Did. Of course they did. Yeah. What you probably won't see unless it comes out from someone else is right before he said that, he said, no, I'm not going to answer that question. It was really, really um, hard to watch. You know, Biden was playing it safe and then he came out of his shell a little bit and then he went back to safe and I don't want to say that Biden won or Trump won, but I do think Trump did himself a disservice. And I really don't think Biden helped his cause any. If there was anybody out there watching that debate trying to decide who they're going to vote for, I don't think anything Joe Biden said made them say, "Okay, I'm going to vote for you. You got my vote. I do, however, think that there was people watching that debate who didn't know who they were going to vote for, who saw Trump's performance and said, fuck that. I'll vote for Biden. I think that debate was 100 percent Trump, zero percent Joe Biden. And like it or not, Trump got attention. He got a lot of his points out and he hit the main ones. He said fake news. He said, I don't get the same coverage that Joe Biden gets. Joe Biden can completely fuck up and people are still going to praise him like crazy on the news. They don't even show the clips where he screws up. But any little thing that that Biden says uh, just gets anything that Biden says gets swept under the rug. Anything Trump says 
uh, just gets exploited and analyzed to death. That was part of the point he was trying to make. And, you know, there's a lot of people who can sympathize with that. They see that they're not getting the full side of the story by watching CNN or MSNBC. And, and there's a lot of people who feel the same way about good, watching good. Fox News. And I hope that they are critical. And I hope that everybody watching was critical. And I, just to touch on that 10%, right, of the of their undecided or whatever. And I think they're also trying to tackle those who, because much like here in Canada, there's a decent amount of the population, like you'd be surprised, that doesn't vote at all so to try to get people's attention and get them interested at least at the least i'm trying to think for the states because god help you honestly uh watching that debate horrible but at least i'm hoping that the headlines and and the clips will make the people who who don't even vote realize okay this seems kind of important you know People are talking about this being a very, very critical election. And all the shit that happened in 2020 will probably make a difference on people's vote. But, yeah, I mean, whether or not that debate last night will be will change their mind or not or, or encourage them to vote, I don't know. It amazes me people don't look at what's happening in the world right now and decide they're not going to vote. They're well, not going to exercise their right at all. But that's a choice. You have that choice and we have that freedom there and here. So... Mm-hmm. Totally a choice. More debates to come and more of a shit show to come. Uh, The vice presidential one. There's a separate just with the vice presidential um, debate, correct? Yeah, that'll be Mike Pence debating Kamala Harris. I'm fully expecting that one to be a much more civil debate. But even at that, I can't see either of them wanting to campaign on their platform because neither of them really has a particularly popular platform. Okay, yeah. I don't even fully understand what Trump's platform is. Biden's platform is very divisive. Uh, Donald Trump won the last election. The last time there was an election, he won on a promise to dismantle Obamacare. There's a lot of people who don't like Obamacare. And here in Canada, people don't understand that. They don't understand why you wouldn't like free health care. Down there, people had private insurance. They paid for it. They got what they paid for, and they were happy. They don't want to change in a lot of cases, and Trump won last time. Biden's campaigning on not only keeping Obamacare, expanding it. So that there is a divisive issue. There's the whole law and order thing. There's a lot of things that people are are really undecided about when it comes to Joe Biden. And the last thing I'll say about this is the racist tones in that. There was a point in the debate where Chris Wallace asked Donald Trump, Will you instruct your supporters to not be violent if this election is not settled on Election Day? And we know it won't. There's all these mail-in ballots that are just getting sent to homes all over America that people didn't even ask for. Those are voter cards that anybody who wants to go and pick out a few from mailboxes in their neighborhood can cast a ballot and mail it in and it'll get counted. But it just has to be postmarked by election day. So they're going to be counting ballots probably up to a week, maybe longer after election day. We won't know on November the 4th, I think it is, who the new president of the United States is. We simply won't know because there's going to be votes to come in still. So uh, there's a very good possibility it could get real rowdy down there. And, And Trump had an opportunity last night, handed to him on a silver platter, Will you denounce white supremacy? Will you instruct your supporters not to be violent? And so on and so forth. And getting lost in this is, in all fairness, and let's just be fair here, Trump did say, I don't support any violence. I want peace. But he made a comment. I'm trying to remember exactly what it is he said. I think it's the Proud Boys or something like that. It's a popular white supremacist group. He didn't say, guys, don't get violent. 
Don't go into the streets. Let's wait till all the votes are counted and then figure out where the the lay of the land is. He didn't do that. He said, stand by. And it almost kind of sounded like he was putting them on notice. That's the way it was interpreted by a lot of people that we might need you. Stand by. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm during this extended period, not to engage in any civil unrest? And will you pledge tonight that you will not declare victory until the election has been independently certified? President Trump, you I'm go urging first. my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully because that's what has to happen. I am urging them to do it. As you know, today there was a big problem in Philadelphia. They went in to watch. They were they're called poll watchers, a very safe, very nice thing. They were thrown out. They weren't allowed to watch. You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia, bad things. And Are I you- am urging I am urging my people. I hope it's going to be a fair election. If it's a fair election, I am 100 percent on board. But if I see tens of thousands of ballots being manipulated, I can't go along with that. And I'll tell you what, what from a common sense, does that mean you're going to tell your people to take to the It means you have a fraudulent election. You're sending out 80 million ballots. They're not not equipped. These people aren't equipped to handle it. Number one. Number two, they cheat. I get where people are coming from and having their concern about what's going to happen in America as this election gets closer, as election day comes and goes, as the week after comes and goes, they still might not know who the president is. The Supreme Court may end up deciding this again. It's really crazy how all this is playing out. Um, that debate last night, in a word, gong show, uh, Dana Bash said on CNN live television, that was <laughs> a shit this. show. That was a shit show. Like straight up, because there were no words but that for a lot of people that did have to come on. And, and much, like a, much like a big sports game, there's like there was a pre-show to it and there was a post-show to it. And that's kind of the way it goes. And I would be the same in a post-show. Like my, I don't even think I'd have words. But if I did have words, shit show, perfect way to put it. If I had to... Uh, uh, I do get a little um, – I'm trying to uh, be as fair as I can in this segment, so I'm going to say that nobody won that debate, and I get that if you're an anti-Trumper or a pro-Bidener, you want to say Biden won, and if you're pro-Trump, you want to say that he won that debate. I don't think anybody won that debate. That's just my personal opinion. I thought it, a disservice was done to America, and, and my really, uh, really my only thing here is stop shitting on Chris Wallace because he did everything he could, and he deserves credit for getting Trump at least on track as much as he did because with a lot of other people that could have gone completely unhinged and for the guys on CNN like Jake Tapper and and Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper to be taking shots at Chris Wallace like oh wow he didn't do anything he just let Trump run run wild I don't know that they could have done any better either because Trump is Trump and he's going to do Trump things and that was very much a Trump thing that he did last night either way the second debate is going to be crazy Like, I'm so excited to see if they change strategies, if uh, anything happens differently. (laughs) The moderator quits. (laughs) The moderator quits partway through. We'll see. I'm I'm surprised nobody brought out a a bottle of Jack Daniels and set it down in front of Chris and said, here you go, buddy. Honestly, Drink up. You deserve Uh, it. He's probably sloshed right now as we speak. Like, he's probably still drunk. I wouldn't blame the guy one freaking bit. No, Uh, you're absolutely right. He probably deserves it. Uh, A good stiff drink. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Drink after that. Uh, how are we for time? Because I was going to talk a little bit about uh, a comment that I made in yesterday's podcast about COVID, but I, I don't know if we have time here. Are we good? Are we doing uh, a know, short one today? We're at 20 or? minutes right now. Uh, if you want to go a few more, we could. Okay, let me just, it was a comment that I made yesterday, and somebody asked me about it, and they wanted to hear the follow-up today, so I'll try and do this in like two minutes or so. I think the naysayers, the people who believe that COVID is a hoax, they're starting to get some traction. Based on, it's anecdotal, but based on what I'm seeing on social media, I'm seeing new people who used to be all, wear your mask, wash your hands, blah, 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 starting to come up with comments and asking questions like, what do you mean plandemic? Uh, what do you mean masks are actually making people sick? And, oh, well, of course, we're getting more infections because the amount of testing is up. That's, uh, uh, you know, everybody's entitled to believe whatever they want to believe. That's totally fine if you do that. I'm not going to second guess it because I don't know for sure. I don't think anybody knows for sure. But uh, to me, everything that I've read says that uh, whether masks help or not, do they hurt? No, no. I'm still of the opinion that Dr. Teresa Tam should have been fired a long time ago. And I think part of the reason we've got so many naysayers and that list is growing is because of her. She was the one from the beginning who came out and said closing borders won't work. Wearing masks won't help. That sort of thing. And we saw once we did actually do those things that it did help. And, and when she said masks won't help, that has empowered literally millions of people. In this country, not America, in this country, to be real skeptical now that she's saying things like, uh, yeah, you should wear a mask. You should always wear a mask. It should be the law. You should wear a mask. She was the one who said they don't work. And I do understand the argument and the confusion. And I, I'm of the mind that we should have always been wearing masks. I have no problem with them making masks mandatory. I think they should have done it from the beginning because it's an absolutely ridiculous notion. That masks won't help prevent a coronavirus, one that gets expelled through respiratory droplets. I think we're going to be wearing masks for a long time, but I can completely see us getting just as polarized as America when it comes to shit like this. It it seems like that sentiment is growing. Uh, The testing argument, I think, is stupid. I I think that's such a narrow minded way of looking at it uh, that, well, yeah, of course, you'll get more cases if you test more. I mean. What does that mean? If we stop testing, there'd be no cases. I mean, come on, think about this reasonably. We, you know, we talked about it a bit last week too, and those those comments continue to come in, and people still make that argument. But again, the case number is the case number, and sure, at one point they were testing what twenty five thousand people, and it was two hundred, three hundred. Still, when you look at percentages, it's still way higher. When you look at the seven hundred, and a lot of people who are projecting this information will tell you that from here forward, we're probably looking at. Five to six hundred daily for the time being until November when it will go up once again closer to six seven. Now I don't know how they assume this. I don't really know how they predict them the numbers, but uh, they were right by the way when they predicted that this would happen so far. So I trust that they probably know. And those case numbers, that's all they're looking at. So it does matter. It does matter that that's how many cases are out there. And sure, there were people that had it that didn't get tested. That's why the numbers weren't as high at one point. There were people that had it for sure had it, but did sure. not get tested. 
there's a lot of people who had it and, and haven't yeah. been tested. So and- I, I think that's kind of a, I don't know. To me, it's a, I just, when I look at that, I just say, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, I hear what you're saying. And I'm not saying it's wrong that at one point, you know, it was 20,000 tests and 200 and okay, sure, it's 700, but that's not that much more when you consider double the testing. It's still the case number that they give a shit about. And that's yeah. the one that we got to give a shit about. It's still the amount of infected people that are walking around. I mean, uh, by the way, I got the COVID app because at first I didn't. Remember you told me? You, you did told finally me you got, cave and I get did. it. Eh? I did because with the second wave looming, you know what? Or sorry, I shouldn't say looming. We're in the second wave officially. With it being here, yeah, you know, I'd like to know. I'd like that peace of mind because everything's a domino effect in all of our lives, right? If, if we get it or if someone we know close to us gets it. So to know the information that is, I think, nothing but a positive thing. And I'm not going to freak out about it if it happens, but I'll go and I'll get tested. And I'll, if I'm asymptomatic, I will pop into one of those shoppers locations and, and go do it. But at least we have the knowledge of it. I totally agree with you. Uh, I've got the app too. And I don't, I think it's pretty brilliant the way they did it using Bluetooth and your phone just sends out undecipherable codes, except for other phones can read it. And it just lets you know uh, without transmitting any of your private data. There's no way for it to transmit that data the way they've set it up. I think it was smart and I think it was the best they could do to instill public confidence. But I think that there's just been so many things along the way that have made people question what we were initially told. And Coupled with the fact that people are sick of this shit. They don't want any more lockdowns, and that's what they keep hearing. And people get really defensive when the daily numbers come out and they hear 700 cases. Not because they aren't sympathetic to those 700 people that are infected, but because... The, uh, there's not as many people dying right now. That's a testament to how good our doctors and nurses are. They're doing a pretty good job at taking care of the 130 people that are in hospital right now. Less people are dying now because we have done a pretty good job at treating the people who do have to be hospitalized. But it doesn't change the fact that there's still people dying. It doesn't change the fact that this is still a clear and present danger to millions of people. Over a million people worldwide have died. And I really wish people would take it seriously in that sense. But not lose sight of the fact that, yeah, it is scary when you hear 700 new cases because that does put us closer to a lockdown. And we don't want a lockdown. Nobody wants a lockdown. Businesses can't afford it. Our government can't afford it. Nothing about another lockdown is good, except if it works and we can completely eradicate COVID. And there's a lot of people who don't think that we would completely eradicate it unless we shut down for about a month and a half and completely 100% seal the border. Nobody in, nobody out. And I still don't even think that's possible because there's always cheater, cheaters, cheater, cheater, cheaters who are going to, who are going to, slide out do things they're not supposed to do and all we need is one case in order for it to spread so i personally don't see it happening the only way it works is if we do what the nhl and the nba did the gold standard in preventing coronavirus is a 100 percent bubble you're locked down everybody gets tested before you go into the bubble nobody leaves the bubble nobody comes into it everybody is covid free and as long as you keep that bubble completely sealed COVID can't get in. That's the only way we can stop it in society as well. Otherwise, yeah, I get it. People are scared about another lockdown, losing their business, losing their home, uh, losing family members. Uh, I know it's, it's scary shit. Yeah. I just wish that we could calm down with some of the hyperbole. I mean, f- for the fighting that's going on on, <laughs> on fucking Facebook and Twitter and stuff, it's really crazy. And, I don't and a lot it's... of recycled talking points, like people are just repeating shit that they they're heard from other people. They're copying and pasting other people's shit. That's what I feel like. Or they're just seeing it and asking the same questions without knowing anything, without looking up anything. I'll usually ask, like, why do you ask that question? Like, what are your thoughts on it? 
And they don't seem to have thoughts on it. They just saw someone else ask about it and think that there's some kind of a conspiracy theory behind it. Just do your own research. Do your own research and, and take the time because it should be important to you. And listen, don't trust some of the shit you read online because there's a lot of doctored and fake stuff out there. Yeah, You'll see time. stuff that someone will post on their wall like, look at this. It's right from the CDC. The CDC says this. If you check, that's not actually legit in some of those cases. Some of them are legit, but there's a lot that aren't. That's somebody who's created that to help underscore the point they were trying to make. And it's scary that people mm-hmm. see that shit and believe it and then repeat it. And that's how I really do feel like the naysayers are starting to win this argument. They're certainly making progress in convincing people. And uh, I just wish we were all informed because I'd love to think that we can at least all agree we don't want and we can't afford another lockdown. Amen. Whatever it takes, everybody, whatever it takes, if it's going to be masks, wear them. If it's going to be washing hands, do it. Let's just stop the spread. Stop the spread. Whether you think it's real or not, if we all just go along with this for a little while, we can get out of this a lot sooner because we're just prolonging our own inevitability here um, with with saying it's not real and not doing any of the precautions and the virus continues to spread. The people who make these decisions see that shit and think, okay, well, fine, lock those fuckers down again. And then here we are stuck in our houses fighting over toilet paper at Costco. Shit like (laughs) that. Elbows up. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree with you. Before we end this, can I just um, answer a DM I got that, and I've got had a few similar ones, and I've had haven't had the chance to address it, and I apologize for the for those asking me, particularly the ladies. Give her. Asking me. Um, so thank you, Sam. I did see your message. Uh, Sam messaged me on Facebook and then instantly apologized because she doesn't have Instagram and she knows I hate Facebook. Um, that's totally okay, by the way. You can reach out to me in any way, shape, or form if you have me on any platform. I will get... get to, Unless it's LinkedIn, I truly don't want look at those messages. But otherwise, Facebook, no problem. Twitter DMs, no problem with it. Um, and obviously Instagram too. Sam wants to know about laser hair removal. Oh. Um, she says, hi, Kat. Uh, I am catching up on your podcast. Just heard the one about getting lasered and was wondering if you would share where you went. I've been debating for years, but I want to find somewhere reputable. Thank you. Love your podcast. They keep me laughing through the days uh, at work, uh, sometimes by myself. (laughs) Thank you, uh, Sam, for that. So, okay, so quickly, because a couple people have asked me this, and I usually reply to their DMs, um, but I meant to address it in the podcast because you know what I find, Scott? There's no shortage of women, uh, especially for some reason that seem a little embarrassed by it. That really? are like, uh, they're a bit timid, not sure if they want it, but they want to do it. They want the hair gone, wherever it might be on your body, but they're scared to do it. Maybe they're afraid it hurts. Maybe they're afraid of the money, whatever. So yeah, it's not cheap. And we've talked about it before, but you shop around. And I said this to Sam too. I always encourage laser if you're thinking about it, especially, I mean, Sam said she's been thinking about it for years. So you think, you're thinking about it for that long. I would do it. It's worth every single penny. I mean, I went in wanting to just do my legs and I ended up pretty much doing neck down because I came, became obsessed with it and it doesn't hurt that bad. It really isn't that bad. Um, certain areas do. Certain areas, a little bit painful. But Vagina? But, <laughs> solid guess. Okay. But listen, it's... Just tell me, higher or lower? I don't... <laughs> warm or cold? Are we playing that game? So I don't remember the last time I bought a laser, which is amazing. I don't even own shaving gel, which is also double amazing. And I have super dark skin, or sorry, super light skin and super dark hair. So it was a big deal for me to not have to worry about shaving all the time. So again, if you're like me and you hate hated shaving or hate shaving, 
definitely look into it. But I will say, because this is not an endorsement at all, shop around. Like, shop around. Do it. Um, ask their pricing. Ask if you do multiple spots on your body, if you get a discount, because you should. And if you're not getting a discount there, go to another place. Um, the woman I went to, her name is Danielle. She's in Kitchener, Elite Laser Lounge. Uh, I, I believe she's still open. Uh, she did that. So she gave me basically half off because I did everything. Well, if so, I'm doing it, I want all of it off. Right? Like, <laughs> while I'm laying here naked, like, you might as well do it all. But no, it was, and honestly, it also matters that you feel comfortable. So I know it's hard in these COVID times, but walk into the place, talk to the people if you can with your masks and they're all doing the right things right now. Make sure you're comfortable there and comfortable with the people because that makes all the difference. I went to someone who makes me feel at ease, even when they're there lasering the most private of areas. That's what you should make sure of. So, and I know people, some people are just, they're, they're really hesitant to do it because they're embarrassed or something. Don't be. We all have hair, and if you want to get rid of it, you have the freedom to do it, and thank God we have the technology to be able to get that shit off our body if we don't want it on our body. Or keep, you know, or keep it there if you want to keep it there. But it's nice to have the option. So again, shop around. Those are my key points. Shop around. 100% do it. If you've been thinking about it for years, it is worth it. Do it. Get that shit out of here now, and you'll be so happy you did. Trust me. Speaking of technology, it's great that we do have the technology, like you said, When are we going to get to the technology when we can just do it at home? I'd love to have a laser where I can think to myself, huh, you know what? I've just decided I don't want that fucking hair there anymore. Let's just get her gone. Maybe you can share it with your friends. Yeah, you know they actually do have these really shady laser hair removal things online. They do. Do they work? Yep. No, uh, no. Uh, For the okay, I shouldn't say no straight up because apparently they do make a difference. But you can look up laser hair removal at home. And basically, though, Scott, it'll come in this tiny little package. Like um, It'll be like the size of a flashlight. Uh, and a lot of people don't actually understand how to use it. And also, the bulb power in those little flashlight-sized ones. Oh, like, talk to someone who does it professionally for a living, and they'll laugh their ass off that you're trying to do it that way. It's like... Uh, let me try to... Let like me trying try. to shave with a spatula? You know, bingo. You know, it's, it's like, it, that's exactly it. Maybe it's possible, but you'll be there all fucking year trying to get it done. So I personally don't waste your money on it. I wouldn't. It's like 300, 400 bucks for this little thing. You'll be sitting there, me, 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 and, and you won't see the same results at all because that ball power isn't possibly, possibly high enough. And again, there's a lot of safety things. There's a lot of safety things at play with doing that too. So you don't want to hurt yourself in the process too. So anyway, that's just me, my advice. Go talk to a professional about it if you're considering buying your own, but it's going to take you a long time to get there. It's worth every penny to just get it done. Go for a session and see how you feel too. They're not going to make you pay, you know, two grand off the, off the bat. Like, hey, $2,000 for that, please. They'll let you pay per session. So if you go for your one session at whatever, 75 bucks, uh, depending on the body part, of course. And you're like, ah, this is not for me. Great. No harm done. 75 bucks out of your pocket. You got one done. But I'm telling you, and it takes multiple sessions, by the way, for those wondering. It does take a while to get there. But again, worth every penny if you don't want the hair there. Well said, Kat. Why don't you clean that hair up? Get yourself a nice bald beaver. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, everybody. Tomorrow, October. You know, it's bizarre to me that the first six months of this year took like three years to go by. And then the next three months went by in like a week. Uh, But we are almost into October and we will have more editions of After 9 coming out later on this week. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.